This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I celebrate the 4th of July. We do that by talking about, well, America's pastime. We talk about baseball, specifically the MLB All-Star Game. We discuss the Home Run Derby. We discuss who should have been on the All-Star teams and who probably deserved not to be on them. And then we talk about the NBA offseason. We talk about the moves that we liked, the moves we didn't like. And ultimately, we discuss the top five things that should happen on every 4th of July weekend. All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben. That's Josh. We're wishing you a very happy belated 4th of July. We hope you had a great time with friends and family. I'm here in Europe, so... You know, um, we don't really celebrate 4th of July over here, but, uh, Josh, how did you enjoy your 4th of July and what did you do? Did you kind of go out to the, to the lake? Did you do some firework watching? what did you do? Did you light fireworks? I didn't light any, but did kick the weekend off going, uh, up to the Warren dunes in Michigan camped there, uh, Saturday night, uh, hung out for a little bit Sunday. And then on actual 4th of July on Tuesday, a uh, friend had a cookout. We went out there. Played a little bit of cornhole, played a little bit of spike ball, watched fireworks over Lake Erie at the end of the evening. Pretty solid day, pretty typical of 4th of July celebration, I would guess, in America. What's it like over in Hungary, Ben? I'm sure they're not celebrating American independence, but does Hungary have an equivalent where they're celebrating the birth of the country or anything like that? Or just a a Hungarian pride day? I, I I tell people that Hungary celebrates anything they can consider a holiday. Like, it just feels like we have 30 holidays over here. Uh, No, August 20th is similar to the July 4th. So fireworks, dude, it is nuts. If you come over here in the time, Josh, I will show you. It's pretty fascinating. But everyone pretty much in Budapest lines the river and you just watch fireworks. There's celebrations. There's people out, you know, enjoying different foods and things like that. And different people are selling items. And it's just, it's a really, I mean, it's, it's not the same, but I do, that is probably the most equivalent to a 4th of July. And it is kind of the birth of the country. It talks about the birth of the country and all that fun stuff that comes with it. Um, so it is very fascinating because whenever I talk about 4th of July, the only thing I can compare it to for Hungarians to understand is their August 20th. So, uh, it is, it is fascinating because they're like, you Americans sometimes are a little crazy. I'm like, yeah, we, we like our fireworks just a little bit. Just, we like just- our fireworks. So trivia question, Ben, America yes. was born in 1776. Yes. When was Hungary born? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, it was, oh. I believe, hold on. It was eight, uh, 870-something. Hold on. I'll double-check my math. 70-something. Okay. Yeah, so it, that's like – we're not saying eight. You know, it's it's AD, you know, so not like BC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me look. I don't get, know either, so I was just asking. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I I know it was it – because it was before um, – it was oh sorry I was close eight ninety five it was eight ninety five mm. um, they became a Christian so they they became a principality which is basically like the forming from so they moved from like Mongolia area and they kind of there were tribes and then formed something and then in in one thousand December twenty fifth one thousand they became a Christian kingdom so they became a, a, a more of a Catholic kingdom um, people don't realize that Hungary was a lot bigger. Than they are now. So if people don't know that, like Romania, Austria, uh, Ukraine, uh, Serbia, um, I'm trying to think of the other countries, Slovenia, I think a little bit maybe. Anyways, there's a bunch of countries that that used to be Hungary, and then they, because of stupid treaties that were done by stupid people, um, they've just shrunk down to what we know Hungary is now. So fun fact, that is your fat Hungarian fact of the day. Um, hmm. But moving on to sports, Josh, you know, it's it's a weird time of the year, Josh, because the only things really going on in the sports world are some soccer stuff, you know, occasionally some transfer news in soccer, which, by the way, Liverpool just signed the biggest transfer for any Hungarian player, Dominic Soboslai. He is like the bit hottest midfielder out there in the market, and he's now going to Liverpool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, maybe we get Jared's take on that at some point. Um, but um, other than that, man, what we have, we have NBA free agency. We have the summer league, which I'm sorry, people that get hyped about the summer league. I, good to you. I just, it's just not entertaining to me. And then not we have, either. yeah. Then we have MLB games obviously going on. Um, and then you have NFL coming up here soon, college football and all that coming up. So um, 
Josh, where are we starting with this kind of the weird time of the year? What are we going to be talking about today? Man, so Monday we got the home run derby and Tuesday the all-star game. And we got the rosters set for the most part. We might have a couple replacements because of injuries. Awful. But for the most part, we know what the rosters are going to look like. And I'm sure you got bones to pick with guys left off, as do I. So who would you like to uh, make a case for first? Because this is what I'll say. I think overall, the fans did a pretty good job on the starters. I think you can agree with that. I think the starters, for the most part, are pretty pretty easy set in stone. Like I was even looking at the National League starters. The, there's not really any that I would gripe with. Um, maybe Orlando Arcia as a starter. Yeah, I think I think weird. that's Braves fans um, just yes. showing up for that one, team, which is 30 games over 500. Yeah. Arcia was a weird one. Maybe even Sean Murphy a little bit at catcher. Um even if you look at the American League, um, the American League, I, I don't really have any real big issues. The only one that really pops up to mind is, you know, Josh Jung. Is he deserving of a starting spot? I mean, I think he is an all-star, but is he deserving of a starting spot? That's a question. As well as, um, uh, I think I, I think one thing they did do right was getting Shohei Otani as both a pitcher and a DH, because I think he deserved that. Um, but if you look at the reserves, I think for the American League, um, Nothing pops out other than the fact that I think it was interesting to me. I think Jose Ramirez should have deserved, I think, the starting spot um, instead of Josh Young. I think you just swap those two. That, that's just my opinion after watching kind of over the last few weeks and, and a month or so. Um, obviously, Winter Franco, who was going to be a huge bust, I think, for everyone around here. But he's obviously going to be a replacement for Aaron Judge. Yes. So that that kind of so changes. they got that right. Yeah, they got that right. Um, Jordan Alvarez, if he didn't make it again, I would have just been like, what is going on? Um, but he's obviously also not playing um, because he's injured. So they're going to have a replacement for him, uh, which is Julio Rodriguez, which. OK, maybe I understand that one. I'm not quite sure on that yet. Um, Kyle Tucker replaces Mike Trout uh, and then Brent Rooker because he's the athletics and you had to find somebody to put in there. And so they chose him. Yeah. Um, now. Now, for the National League, this is where I get a little frustrated. Now, as a Reds fan, you know, people are going to be hounding us in the comments like Ben, you said the Reds have sucked for the last three years. And you know what? They have. So I have every right to say that. Um, and again, I've never been overhyped about them, even when they've been going on this win streak. Uh, again, Josh, I've never said like they're going to go win the World Series now. I've never said that. I've said that they're, they've had a quality year. We'll, we'll see how far they make in the play if they make to the playoffs and how far they will go. One thing I have said is that this rookie group that the Reds have has been phenomenal. Ellie De La Cruz coming up, Matt McLean, Spencer Steer. I can go on and on. Um, Abbott pitching and all these different things. Now the Reds only their only invitee, their only their only guy that got to the All Star game, is um, is is Diaz, right? The closer uh, who's had a great year. Alexi Diaz has had an amazing year. But I look at this at this reserves, and you know I can go Will Smith makes sense, probably should be starting, right? Elias Diaz. Okay, it's the Rockies. You had to put someone in there, right? And I'll, I'll get to this whole everyone deserves a team because Josh and I are on different wavelengths with that. Um, Matt Olson deserved it. His average is not great, but he's hit a bunch of bombs. P. Alonzo, same thing. Ozzy Albies deserves to be in there. Austin Riley. Dansby Swanson. Yeah, you could probably say that. Lourdes Guerrill. That's a if you won. Nick Castellanos, again, another one that's, I think, on the line. Uh, Juan Soto. And Jorge Soler is the one I disagree with because I think as a DH, you put Spencer Steer. Because I, I say this, Spencer Steer, if you look at his numbers, he has 14 home runs. He has over 50 RBIs. He has an on-base percentage of about 370, around 370. He has been tremendous all over the field. He's played left field. He's played third base. He's played first base. He's played right field. He's DH'd, right? He's done everything you can ask for for a Reds team that is not necessarily – a a flashy team they're just they do everything well and they they work hard so for me i'm gonna go spencer steer is a guy that i think out of the reds like you know people are gonna tell me well what about what about ellie de la cruz people ellie de la cruz has played like 15 games 16 games this dude has not played enough now he was offered the home run derby now that would have been fun to watch but he made the right decision about not doing it um you know and people are like well then what about what about matt mcclain i'm like again 
I don't think he's had enough games. Remember, Spencer Steers played since the beginning of the year. He's played all the way through. Um, I think if you're going to look at the Reds, the only player that you really add to that group is Spencer Steer. Maybe Jake Fraley, but he's been injured quite a bit. So, again, I'm not dissing on on the. I'm not trying to say that the Reds deserve a lot of spots. They're they're they're. By the way, they have given up the most second most runs in the National League, and yet they've scored the fourth most runs in the National League. Right? Their pitching doesn't deserve to be in the All Star game. Right? <laughs> it deserves to be on the trash. Right? So, at the end of the day, I think that is what's shocking to me uh, from the National League side. The American League side. The only thing that's shocking to me is why on God's green earth is Michael Lorenzen your representative for the Tigers? You have Miguel Cabrera, a man who's going to go into the Hall of Fame who is going to retire as one of the best players of all time. And you decided, no, we're going to put a guy that's about six and he's like six and three with like a four something ERA. Come on guys. Come, like I, I don't get it. It's frustrating. Other than that, I don't really see anything. I, I disagree with the pitchers. There's a, probably a few relievers you could swap out, but again, that's just my beef, Josh. You can rip, rip my beef apart if you think it's bad, but I, I think it's a, a logical, logical reasoning. Yes, yeah, so you said a lot right there. So I'm just going to start off in the American League with Josh Naylor. Where's he at? Oh, that, that that's actually a good one. I didn't think about that one. That's actually a decent one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and this is probably going to be a similar situation with Spencer Steer in the National League with first base being such a just such a, a loaded yeah. position that loaded it is. Position. But right now, as it stands, American League, uh, we got Yandy Diaz starting, which no gripes about that. Nope, no gripes. And then Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as the reserve, which we talked about last week, what a hyped uh, prospect he was and how that was a guy that I was excited to see and still love in the league. Uh, definitely has uh, the much more sexy Potential, name recognition yeah. and stuff. But running through the numbers, man, I mean – Naylor's got him beat in a lot of in a lot of categories. Uh, I can go ahead and do a little bit of uh, comparisons right here. I'm getting ready to pull these up, and I'm also going to say that a big reason why Naylor was probably off is because of how bad he started the season. Yeah, barely yeah, hitting yeah. 200, but he heated up in June, and now he's really high in a lot of uh, the main statistical. It's categories. probably the, it's probably the same thing with Spencer Steer. Like the beginning of the year, he kind of struggled. He had about two. 50 260 and then he just went on a tear and hit over 300 for like a month so i think it's the same thing where it's like he wasn't flashing that you know olsen numbers or the lonzo numbers he's not going to hit 30 40 home runs he's going to hit 25 home runs 30 home runs but he's going to drive in a ton of runs because that's just what he does so I, i agree with you on that i think for both guys so batting average josh naylor 295 vladimir guerrero jr 277 rbis Josh Naylor, 60. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 54. Oh, yeah, 60. I didn't realize Josh Naylor had 60 RBIs. 60. Wow. It, it's it's almost top five in the whole entire league. Wow. Uh, OPS, both are at 804. Josh Naylor slugging percentage, 468. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 455. On base percentage, Josh Naylor, 377. Vlad's got him there at 349. Uh, war, Josh Naylor, 1. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 1.2. And then, um, finally, uh Wait, that's pretty much the main stuff right there. Uh, I was also going to mention, too, uh, with all that said, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has also played in eight more games this season. So the fact that Naylor's got him beaten some of those totals also says a lot. I guess it also doesn't help that the athletics have to put a guy in, so you put Rooker in. That's where Naylor could have went. Again, I will talk about that. After you talk about your spiel, I'll go into the whole one-per-team thing because I think this ties into that. So go ahead. Sure. Uh, so that's Naylor. Uh, Wander Franco was initially another one, but like you said, they got him on uh, as an added reserve to replace some injured players. So um, I guess uh, mistakes, mistake fixed right there. The other one that I'm going to go ahead and throw out here, uh, I just advocated for a Cleveland guy to get on. I'm also going to advocate for a Cleveland guy to get off. Get Classe off the All-Star yeah, roster. I, his numbers I, were not flashy. That's I don't sure. care that he's second in the American League in saves with 24. He's got a 354 ERA exactly. and he's got five losses. The guy's not reliable. <laughs> it, it, and that, that seems to be the case with a lot of Cleveland closers. We'll have a lot of guys get close to high 30s, low 40s saves, and they'll have an ERA with four. And, or the, or they'll be like... Of- They'll be like thirty-eight and forty-eight, you know, like they'll they'll have blown like ten or eleven saves in those many saves that they get. Right, and it, we use our closer so much, even in non-save situations. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, I think we had a five-run lead, and we brought Classe in, and he blew the game, and we ended up losing. But it was a non-save situation. It was like we didn't need to bring him in. 
And out yeah. of all the main closers in the league right now, uh, at least all the guys that rank Qualify, in like yeah. the top 30 or whatever, he's got the most innings pitched. All these guys got like mid to low 30 innings, and he's the only one that's topped 40 innings. So they're using him definitely in not well, safe situations. D- they've done that with Diaz, but the difference with Diaz is that his stuff, I think, is a little more electric when it comes to the off-speed stuff than Class A. And I think he gets a lot more like swings and misses. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that Class A doesn't. What I'm saying is with, with Diaz, they don't they don't use him all the time, but they're going to, if they're up, the deal with the Reds is if they're up four, they'll put him in there, you know, in a non-safe situation, get him in for an inning or whatever. But for the most part, if they do that, that's because they don't have confidence in anybody else right now in the bullpen. That's normally why they do that. Mm-hmm. But I think, but he's only blown one save. That's the difference. And his ERA is only like 214, whereas Class A is 24 saves. You know, uh, Diaz has 24, I believe, as well. But the difference is the way that they finish. I don't think Classe is finishing the way he should be finishing. Yeah, uh, Diaz has 38 innings of work and 39 appearances. Classe's got 40.2 innings of work yeah. and 42 appearances. So they're about the same in that 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 side of things. The guy in the American League that I would replace Classe with uh, is from the Angels, and that's Carlos Estevez. Yeah, he's Just doing a quick year. a quick comparison right here. Estevez has 34 innings of work, so he's got six less innings. But despite that, he's got five more strikeouts, 42 to Class A's 37. He's got a 185 ERA to Class A's 354. And he's got a 2-1 and one record compared to Class A's 1-5. and five. Oh, 1-5 and five just hurts as a closer, man. It sucks. Like, you're always, I feel like, <laughs> going to have more often than not more losses than wins because yeah, you're never in a winning situation usually yeah. unless you're going into extra innings in the 10th and your team scores one run and then you are supposed to come in and, like, yeah. slam the door shut. Then you get the win in that case. So you're always in this position where you're going to get more losses than wins, but one in five is ugly. And yeah. Estevez has him in all the other main categories. So it's like, well, what it's are we like, doing it's here? like most closers, like their career record is like, it's usually like, it's like 14 and like 38 or something like that, or 14 and 50. Like, it's just, it's, it looks terrible when you look at the win. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say about the whole Michael Lorenzen thing? I know you said something before we started recording. You were talking about how, you know, you taught you brought the whole Miguel Cabrera thing. Like, do you feel like that should have been weight if you're going to respect something, at least in an all star positioning? That was that was the last uh, American League point that I was going to bring up, too, is Michael Lorenzen with the ERA over four. And just I love Michael Lorenzen. Dude, I love Michael Lorenzen. His story is amazing. He played for the Reds. I love him to death. But sorry, dude, you just didn't deserve it this year. I was initially like, why couldn't they just get somebody good like Riley Green or um, Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, someone that's playing good for them this season. But if you if you got to go with a default, like, why not Miguel Cabrera? Or if you got to go with somebody, I mean, why can't we get one of their one of their relievers? I got some of the some really solid relief pitchers out here. I was telling you, uh, I got to find him again here. They got a uh, Jose Cisnero. He's got a 218 area, 36 strikeouts, a 121 whip. But why? I know he's not a closer, but sometimes if you're a good enough reliever, yeah. why not throw him on? Especially if you only get one. Like if you're a, such a bad team, but you exactly. have to pick one, it's by default got to be the best player. And then you just fill the roster yeah. the rest of the way as needed, I feel like. Yeah, and I, I think I, this goes back, and I, I feel like, are, are you? Do you, you want to talk about your National League before I go into what my my segment? No, we can continue with right. uh, with your American so, League point. Th- this is what I was going to say. Oh, it's more of like a major league point. This is my thought process, Josh, and I know you'll disagree with me on this. I I feel that the All Star Game, I feel like it, it should be a little bit more like. Um, you know, like the NBA, I don't know. The NBA is not one per team, right? The NBA is not one per team. They couldn't. There's they couldn't. 12 yeah, yeah, men right. on the roster and yeah. there's 15 teams per conference. Yeah, so what I'm saying is is that I feel like, now I get what they're trying to do. They want to represent every city, so they want every team to draw more fans. Like they want to have, you know, fans from every team to be to be at these, these all-star games. But I feel like if there's years where you have like the A's, right? <laughs> or you have the Rockies, like even the Tigers, like, at that point, I feel like we should be able to go like, hey, sorry, you, your team sucks. It's bad enough that you guys don't deserve to have a representative. Now, I know a lot of people get a lot of flack on this, 
but I feel like you should just get the best players or the players that make the most sense for an all-star game. If, if you're going to honor the all-star team with the best players in their position, then you shouldn't have a dude that has a four plus ERA. You shouldn't have a, a reliever that has five losses with a three plus ERA and is struggling to, to finish ball games. You know, you shouldn't have a, a batter who's barely hitting 240. Um, so th- that's my thoughts uh, on that. Uh, I don't know, Josh, you can give your thoughts. Maybe, maybe I'm way out of line on this, but I just feel like this is a, I don't know. I think it might help it to be not as weird and awkward when you have things like Lorenzen making the all-star team or Rooker making the all-star team. I'm not saying Rooker's having a bad year, but I'm just saying in general to compare to other guys. What is your thoughts on that? Or do you expand or do you expand the all-star roster? I know that every guy will get to play, but do you then expand it by, let's say, four or five guys, giving some extra guys uh, a spot or two? So at least years ago when we were kids in the all-star game, the winner actually Mattered. decided home field advantage in the World Which Series. Which is crazy to think about. <laughs> I kind of love that and the whole idea of the whole American League being represented and the whole yeah. nationally being represented. And the games seemed pretty competitive. Like were, something yeah, was on were. the line. Like you are literally playing for your team to have home field advantage in the World Series. Yeah. I thought it made for one of, for the best all-star game in all professional yeah. sports. And we haven't really had enough all-star games to go back and be like, since they've changed the rule about it being home field advantage, to say, like, well, now the all-star game's not all that good anymore. I still feel like we're getting good all-star games. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I sure. feel like in that context having one person from every team made a lot of sense. Yeah. It, it, it gave everybody something to play for. And I mean, to an extent, I still kind of like that, that it's like a whole MLB all-star game, mm-hmm. but I do understand the, the other side of wanting it to be based on merit. And if it's going to be an all-star team, like, you should have all-star numbers. Like, so. I, like my biggest thing is like you wouldn't have a guy in the NBA that's averaging four points a game, right? It's like the whole thing with the Pro Bowl in the NFL when you had freaking Hudley, uh, Hudley from freaking Baltimore who barely played anything and got in a, a Pro Bowl appearance, right? Like th- those he got he got a me. Pro Bowl appearance though because like six guys ahead of him turned it down. I know, but what I'm so saying that's a little is, different to me. But still, though, for me, I'm just like give it to someone that earns it. I'm just saying, or just don't include him at all. Sure, I'm just saying. Just to kind of end that too, why couldn't Ruiz from the A's be the All Star since he's got That's like forty two like steals 40, and a higher batting average? I mean, have you seen his on base percentage though? It's it's, it's atrocious. This, <laughs> it's like this is the other thing. <laughs> this is the other thing though. If we're since he's an outfielder, you'd have to take off. Like we could have put, we'd have to take Julio Rodriguez off, Kyle Tucker, I mean, who uh, Rodriguez Dallas Garcia, Jordan Alvarez, Austin Hayes, or Luis Roberts. Yeah, I don't know which one we would take off instead. But back to my initial point. If we're going to go ahead and put someone on that's mandatory, then yeah. you fill up the roster accordingly. So maybe since Julio Rodriguez isn't having as good of a season as he did last year, we don't add him on as the reserve. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe we can add but someone do you, do like you a, think... a Miguel Cabrera DH to replace yeah. uh, Rooker, who's the ALDH. Yeah. And then that you... fixes the Tigers issue, too. Do you think, though, do you think maybe you just expand the roster by, like, let's say four slots? Do you just expand it to add, add a little more interesting to give guys more of that opportunity that maybe wouldn't have got the chance in, in a normal like it, I feel like we're always evolving the game. So why not expand the teams a little bit in the all-star game to to honor those guys that maybe do get snubbed because there's five good first basemen in front of them or three good first basemen in front of them. So what's your thoughts on that? I'm just I'm curious because I know I've heard people say this, like, why don't we expand it? So those really good third basemen, maybe there's like four good third basemen. Yeah, it's, it's just here's the thing though. when you when you make some expand something and make more of it available, it takes away more of the meaning. It's not as yeah, cool. Of anymore. Course. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about college football season all year long, probably about how the 12 team playoff like it's not cool to make the playoff like it's not as big of a deal to make a yeah. 12 team playoff as it is a 14 playoff scarcity like. You know, if there's less of something that makes it more valuable and more meaningful. Yeah. What you could do is put a cap on the amount of positions that can are represented, I guess. Like if you want to have just, you know, two first basemen and six outfielders max, like I think that's the closest that you could get to it. Or Or you or team limit or a team limit as well. The Braves got eight. I was just going to get to that. The Braves got eight guys. Yeah. And when that happens, then and then you got like the mandatory picks everywhere else, then a lot of guys are going to get left off. That was my so other it's, point. Is it's kind of ridiculous to see the National League basically be basically the Braves. It's basically just the Braves team. And the it Dodgers. is. <laughs> so that kind of ends the my American League discussion. We can go to the National League now and talk about some of those Braves picks. Yes, do it. So Spencer Steer, I agree, is a snub. But I don't know if I'm 
taking Matt Olson and Pete Alonzo off. I agree. And yeah, Freddie I, Freeman starting definitely not. Yeah. Could we possibly make Steer at DH and just take Jorge Soler off? Is that okay? This is my thing with that. I think what you could do, though, is because Alonzo's been injured a lot this year. That would be my only thing would be like, yes, he's hit a lot of home runs. Awesome. Same with Olsen. But Steer has given you a – he's a five-tool player, and that's what he's given you. Um, I think, unfortunately, the Cincinnati Reds fans, like as much as they're very hyped, it's hard to go against the New York fans and the freaking Atlanta fans. So – to me, I think you put him at DH because I think he deserved it, man. Like you look at those numbers and look what he's done on the field, the way he plays. And um, yeah, from hitting 206 in his limited 20 games last year to now hitting like 280 and just the way he's raking. Um, I, I think he I just it's frustrating because those kind of guys that are working hard, they work their butts off and they get beat out by a dude that's hitting 225, but he's hit 30 bombs, right? Like, like I was what, just going to say, that, even with Pete Alonzo's injuries, dude, he's seventh in the league in RBIs and third in the league in home yeah, runs still with the limited it's games. Matt Olson, Matt Olson has the most home runs out of all first basemen in the National League. Matt Olson also has the most RBIs out of all first basemen in the yep, National I League. Know. So it's tough to like, I guess, pick a guy to take off. But Steer, I feel like you got to fit him on somewhere in there. The other guy that I'm gonna uh, pick on is Juan Soto. Yeah, that I was feel like, too for me. Yeah. I don't even feel like he's the best outfielder on his Tatis. own team. Tatis is the best. Why isn't Tatis? Tatis has played 20 less games, has almost as is many ranking. hits as him, has more home runs, I believe, has more RBIs, has more WAR, mm-hmm. wins above replacement. Do you feel like it's the money thing? Like the MLB feels like they have to put these dudes that are getting paid a ridiculous amount of money. They're just like, we got to get them on the all-star teams. Well, Tatis is making a heck of a lot of money too. too, I think with Tatis is that the league hates him. Oh, they hate him so much. They're still punishing him for the steroid suspension. Which is just funny to me. But Yeah, he already did his time and he's playing better than Juan Soto. So put him on instead of Juan Soto. Heck, you could put Christian Yelich on. Over Juan Soto, I'm sure you could find dude, someone on the Reds to put so, out over dude, Juan Soto. Soto. Soto was mouthing at Otani, and he said, "Like I, I can handle Otani." And Otani struck him out on a curveball in this first at bat. Like, and Otani just looks at him and just kind of stares at him, like, "Dude, okay, sure, you can beat me." Yeah, man. Speaking of Otani, dude, he left the game the other day. He I might know. have to get replaced. He might just hit bummer. though. He might hit though. They, they said he might hit. He just won't pitch. Maybe be able to hit, but not pitch. Yeah. I think that's pretty much all the main ones I had in the National League. Yeah, I mean, I, I think overall, I mean, it's just, yeah. The MLB All-Star Game, I think, for me, it's lost a little juice. Uh, it used to be, man, it used to be so much fun. Like, as a kid, I I remember when we were both about the same age, right, and growing up, and you'd listen to Midsummer Classic. I, I remember we used to go Do you remember like, the game that went to, like, 15 innings? Yes, and I do. And with Justin Marnos sliding into home winning yeah. the game for and, the American I League. Mean, this is my thing. I remember going to see a movie. I remember I forget what year it was with my dad and then we came home and watched the MLB game, right? Or we come home and watch the all the the home run derby. Like the that week it was so much fun. It was just fun to have like this, you know, to see all the favorites that you grew up watching and and, and I still remember when Todd Frazier won the home run derby in Cincinnati. That was mm-hmm. tremendous. You know, those kind of things are what makes MLB such a great game and and the game's growing again in it, which is awesome to see. For sure. So yeah, I guess that's pretty much everything. Uh who wins the home run derby though? Let's let's say who wins the home run derby. Who who's your pick to win the home run derby? Do we have a full slate? Yes, yet? we do. Yes, we do. All right. Uh, it is hold on. I only knew of six. Yeah, uh home run derby. They got all eight picked out though. Uh partic- sorry, I had it pulled up earlier. Um, oh, Luis Roberts hopped in. It looks like so. That's yeah. So it looks like we have um, uh, da, da, da. we have Julio Rodriguez, Vladimir Guerrero, Mookie Betts, Randy Azurarena, Pete Alonso, and Adley Rutschman, and Luis Robert. There it is. Adley Rutschman's a weird one, but that's besides the point. I mean, they did ask. I mean, De La, Cruz, always... De La Cruz was the first guy they asked, and he turned him down. He said, I'm not ready for that, which I'm like, thank you. Thank you, because every Reds guy that's participated in it, they just go slumping the second half of the year. <laughs> so um, out of this group, I'm going to pick 
See, I don't want to pick a Pete Alonso because he's won two two times already. I was going to say Pete Alonso's won twice, so he's good at this. Julio Rodriguez won once, right? I'm going to go. I'm going. I'm going to go with an underdog here. I think I'm going to take. I'm going to take Mookie Betts. I just have this feeling. I think Mookie Betts. Glad has dominated this before. I don't think he's won one yet. So my my thing is, I think it's going to be Mookie Betts with a second place being Adley Rutschman. I think Adley Rutschman might surprise some people. Hmm. Who do you got? Yeah, this one's tough because like some of those guys that you wouldn't expect, like why couldn't Randy Rosarino win it? Why couldn't Mookie Betts win it? Luis Robert might be a sneaky one too. He might be a sneaky pick. That is a sneaky one. He's got some pop too. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Maybe this is the year that Vlad Jr. finally wins one. So you're gonna take Vlad Jr. See, I, I mean, he he he, roll with he slowed down at the end of the uh, end of every round. He started slowing down. That's what worries me about him because of his the way his swing is. It's such an arching swing and a loopy swing. I think with Mookie Betts, it's such a compact, quick swing. He's not using as much f- torque and force as everyone else. Yeah, I mean that's something that maybe like you're a young guy and you learn from it. Yeah, that's true too. That's yeah. true. I'll, t- I'll take Vlad Jr. I'll take All Vlad right. Jr. But do it. The home run derby. Yeah, you never know who's going to win that. Never maybe, know. It seems like. Oh. All right. MLB All Stars. Cat. So, let's slide over to the to the NBA now, Ben. Let's do we, it. Let's do it. We're talking about with Chris some of the some of the possible moves that could be happening, yeah. and yeah, so yeah. far we've seen James Harden opt into his contract. Mm-hmm. We've seen Chris Middleton. Or, uh, stick with the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. We've seen Russell Westbrook, I believe, stick with the Clippers. There really hasn't been a whole lot of Chris Paul got moving traded. around. Chris Paul did get traded to Golden State. Yes, yes, Golden State, yep. Let's talk about that trade first. Yeah, yeah, let's since do that's, it. Since I think that's the only mm-hmm. really like crazy thing that's happened in MLB off, NBA offseason so far, really. Yeah. Does it make Golden State better? They still I- got... Curry, I, they I kept Draymond Green. Um, I, I think it makes them more deep. I feel like when Curry needs a break, you have someone that can run the game. Um, I think you could play both Curry and and um, Paul on the same on the court at the same time. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of anal- analysis saying that this could mean the end of Clay Thompson. There's a lot of people saying that this is this could be the end of Clay Thompson because he's. Whenever Steph's not in there, it's the offense looks very bad. Like it just does not look the same. Um, Clay looked really bad in the playoffs too. And so my my thing is is that they still don't have a lot of height. They're the only team that has no one over six foot nine. Um, they're a very small oriented team, which it's worked for them. But again, we're in a new generation where big centers take over. Um, to me, I think Chris Paul makes them better in the sense that he can help the young guys develop. Um, I think Steve Kerr is probably one of the only coaches he'll listen to. We know that Chris Paul has issues with listening to coaches, and he might that might be the only coach he will listen to. Um, and I think I think it allows Steph Curry to be off the ball more, which is I think where at his career at this point is where he's better at. Um, and so for me, I think yes, he makes them better in a sense, but are they willing? How long are they willing to keep this? experiment up with clay what is clay's point in the offense that's my one question for them um and we'll we'll see what happens that's my thoughts yeah with me it's it's a lot like the the bradley beal trade to the suns right i don't don't think it makes them a lot better it doesn't fit any needs like you said the golden state warriors needed height and maybe a little bit of youthfulness and straymond clay and stuff are all gaining age and they just add another old small point guard so that's the lakers 2.0 the Lakers 2.0. Yeah, so Which they've gotten younger though, so I give credit to the Lakers. It's not it's not like Chris Paul's a bad player. I think he's still no. playing pretty solid basketball. The the health issue is always going to be I guess something uh, that you got to worry about with him, mm-hmm. just like it is for Clay and even Steph sometimes. So, I don't I don't think it makes them worse, but I don't think it really makes them much better. Definitely yeah. didn't expect Golden State to be in that mix to get him. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a fascinating thing, and and again, I I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, it'll be fun to see what happens with this group and, and what happens in the future. But I did think, Josh, I would read over some of the more notable signings that have happened and see if any of these prick your head and say, wow. Um, so we have Malik Beasley. He played for the Lakers last year. He's going to the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Uh, Anthony Edwards obviously has assigned to his max deal of $260 million with the Timberwolves. So which, far, it looks like he's earned it. Which is crazy. Um, uh, I'm trying to see here. Damian Lillard says his choice is Miami for a trade destination. Um I he has no tra- he does not have a no trade clause, which means that the Timberwolves could be jerks. Or not Timberwolves, sorry, the Trailblazers could be jerks and just say, No, we're shipping you to freaking Utah. I don't know. Um but I I, I do think they'll honor him because he's done so much for the organization. Yeah, I think let's, wherever he let's wants to talk about this for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, Damien has always been that guy that said he would always stick with one team his whole career. He wouldn't join a super team. He wasn't going to yes. ring chase. It was like a holier-than-thou mentality, it seemed like, in the era where everybody was hopping teams every two years, putting together a new all-star team, yep. and then breaking it up again. And players have and asked him just, to leave. P- players have asked him to leave and to join them in other places. There has mm-hmm. been those notes. And he has stuck it out in Portland. 100%. and yeah. Had his career wasted. Maybe you could say he's past his prime. He's still playing good ball, but I mean, he's not the same yep. Damian Lillard that he once was hitting game winning shots in the playoffs like he was that one time. I, it, it, to me, it's like a little too little too late thing, but I also understand um, kind of seeing like, you know, you don't have much more time in the league and it's like, dang, Portland really hasn't done anything to help me out. We, they've gotten rid of CJ McCollum. We got right? Scoot Henderson. That's about it. They got they got Scoot to help him out. So I mean I mean Chris Drew might say that he should stick around in Portland yeah, a little bit sure. longer, but uh I, I do understand it. I, I wish he would have done it sooner though, just for him, because I think Damian Lillard's a super likable guy. And if he re- ends his career without a ring, that sucks. Do you do you think he goes to Miami? Do you think that's ultimately where he ends up? <sighs> Miami might be a great fit, dude, because he's like a, a team first player, I'd say, yeah. since he's stuck with Portland so long. I think he would listen to Spolster's coaching. Um, him paired up with Jimmy Butler in the backcourt would be insane. And I mean, it's a guy that's not undrafted that Miami could add yeah. to make them a little bit deeper. Of course. I so, mean, the the one thing is that I, I'm reading it here is Brian Win- Winhorse has said, which we all know Brian is pretty good at what he does. He said the issue is that that they're the here willing to give up Tyler Hero, which is kind of a say that I wonder chalker, what the Hero have to give up. The Blazers aren't interested in him, which means they're going to have to find a fourth team, maybe even a you know three or four teams, to then somehow do all this pick swapping and player swapping. So, mm-hmm. I, I, at the end of the day, I think it's going to get done because I think Damian does not want to go through another rebuild. He's been through about twenty of them in his about like ten year career. Um, so I I feel bad for the Trailblazers because they they seem like they thought they hit a, a gold mine with Greg Oden. You know, they thought they hit a gold mine with Damian Lillard, and they just never man. could. Dude, for the a minute, owner, they, the they, owners, were con- they were competing, man, with McCollum and Lillard in the backcourt, and I think they had uh, Lamarcus was Wes Aldridge. Matthews there for a little bit. They had LaMarcus Aldridge as well. Aldridge there for a minute. Um, Yurkic, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a solid big for a minute. But this is the thing, though, is that it, the ownership has never been willing to spend a ton of money, and that's the problem. They've always been very hesitant to go out and to get close to that luxury tax, um, which is which is a, another debate for another day. Now, small I, market I, team problems. Now, yes, I know. Now, I don't know if you heard about this, but Lonzo Ball, the the Bulls are trying to apply for a disabled player exemption because he's going to miss a whole another year to get money to go get another player, which is I got it. I got a kick out of what that's called, disabled player. Yes, I know. It's it's um. It's a little it's bit like, weird. man, the dude isn't disabled. He just has a really bad injury. Like he can that still walk and stuff. But <clears throat> um, Eric Gordon signed with the Suns, adding to another freaking scorer to the freaking team. Eric of Gordon to a two-year, six million dollar deal. Um, uh, they also got added Keita Bates Diop, a former Ohio State player that was with the Spurs. Now has gone to the. I remember Diop. Uh, Phoenix Suns. Miles Bridges has signed his uh, qualifying offer, which means that next year he'll be an unrestricted free agent. Um, it's a one-year, seven million deal. Um, I'm trying to look here, Jordan Clarkson signed a three-year, fifty-five million dollar deal with the Jazz, staying with the Jazz. Um, it looks like Demontis uh, Sabonis, Demontis Sabonis, however you say his name, has agreed to an extension. With the Kings, which I did not that's know if it was going to happen. That that's a that's a big step for them. It's going to be two hundred and seventeen million dollars. Wow, it's a lot of money. Um, let's see. Uh, 
I can't say half of these names. We're going to skip, skip. Russell Westbrook has re-signed with the Clippers for two years, $8 million. It's so funny how far he's dropped yeah. <laughs> in money. Um, some of these other ones, Dylan Brooks, I know this, we wanted to talk about this one. He has signed with the Houston Rockets on a four-year, $80 million deal with it basically meaning he's going to get a bunch of his money at the beginning and then it's going to kind of go downhill from there. I wonder what they're saying with this one. Um, but most of the money he's going to get up front and then it's going to kind of decrease as as the year goes on. What is your thoughts on Dylan Brooks? Because J.J. Redick is very passionate about Dylan Brooks, if you've heard his spiels yes, he on is. him. So what is your thoughts? We knew he wasn't going to, we knew he wasn't going to stay in Memphis after that playoff yes, series. That is so, true. I am surprised he also got 20, like an average of 20 million a year. Yeah, that's that's a but lot for a guy. The, the Rockets, I mean, I, I guess from their advantage point or vantage point, they got a lot of money to spend, so they got to spend it on somebody. Yeah, and they also got a lot of young players on the team. So Brooks has been in the league for a couple years now, so maybe a slightly older presence. Yeah, another solid guard. I think they got a lot of guards, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Well, and and, and if you look, I mean, this is another thing I. Again, Dylan Brooks, it's whatever, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. I don't want to talk about him, um, but it just annoys me. Um, but the Cavaliers was another team that, what, what are they going to do? Um, they signed Ty Jerome. It's a backup guard for a two-year deal. Then they traded for Damian Jones, who used to play for the Warriors. He's like yep. six foot ten, six eleven. Um, traded from the Jazz. I think they traded for basically uh, some compensation, um, which was very interesting. Um, LaMelo Ball has signed his rookie ascension a – $260 million deal, which is just mind-boggling. Um, they've signed him. Um, trying to see uh, Austin Reeves, the guy we did not know what was going to happen to, signed a four-year extension with the L.A. Lakers, which is, I think, huge for the Lakers to get in a guy who is, one, uh, younger than 30 years old, um, and two, to a four-year deal. So um, that's a very good one. Um, what do you think about the Obi Toppin trade? The, the Knicks were so high on Obi Toppin, and now they said, hey, we're shipping you off to Indiana. What's your thoughts on that? Because this guy was drafted eighth overall in 2019, and now he is just getting shipped off for nothing, literally nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what did the Knicks get in return for nothing, they got, you said? They got... Two future second round picks, which means it's not anywhere close. It's probably like in 2027. Yeah. It's just, it's sad it, for a guy that was very explosive at Dayton. Yeah. Um, I mean, since he was also on his rookie deal, it's not like they're like clearing cap space or no. anything. They just really legitimately didn't like him. So they hated him. Yep. They hate him. Um, Jeremiah, this one's interesting. I've heard a lot of people very frustrated about this one. Jeremy Grant. Um, right on, like basically right after Damian Lillard requested trade, they signed Jeremy Grant to a five-year, one hundred sixty million dollar extension. Very interesting with that one. Portland did uh, that. Yeah, Portland did that. Um, fascinating with that one. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna lose your uh, your franchise point guard, you better go get another one. That is true. Um, the Lakers extended D'Angelo Russell to a two-year, thirty-seven million dollar deal, which I think is a great deal for D'Angelo kind of resurrecting his career in, in LA, um, which I think is great. Um, try to see what else. Uh, um, Europe's most accomplished player this past year, the MVP, Vasilij Micic from Serbia, uh, has agreed to a three-year deal with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Usually these dudes are like 28, 29, so he's an older guy. But um, again, the Thunder just getting weird dudes to add to that team. Um Try to see what else here. Um, anything else? Another guy from the Euro League um, is also. Uh, oh, the Cavaliers did a sign and trade. I don't know if you heard about this, Josh, but they traded for Max Struss from the Heat, who signed a four-year, sixty-three million-dollar deal, which I think is a lot of money for this guy. Um, they traded Chetty Osman, which was the last remaining Cavalier player from the twenty eighteen. Uh, finals team um which i think is, is just really bum bummer they also traded lamar stevens which i hated because i thought he was a very good defensive player um max struss fun fact ben bowden right here yep i did a scouting report on him back when i was a student assistant at cedarville when he played in division two against us at cedarville i have that scouting report still on my computer um he just 
I just said in the thing, stupid athletic and can score a lot of points. That's pretty much what I put. Um, so, but he is now playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. What's the your Cleveland thoughts on Cavaliers. what's your what's your thought on that? Adding Max Struss out of all the guys they could have added throughout free agency, they had Max Struss. I don't know. I what have we been talking about that they need Ben? Wing play bad, badly. But they yeah. traded two wings though. That was the weird part. Is they traded away two wings to get one wing. Yeah, which is kind of funny. I don't know if Max is gonna necessarily fix that. I mean, he did well in the playoffs. He did really well in the playoffs with the Heat. The one thing I keep hearing, though, is Jared Allen trade rumors. Yeah, which scares the daylights out of me because we cannot lose him. All the offers that I've heard thrown around, whether they're official or not, I hate them all. They're all I hate them. What what was the one with uh, Philly offering like Tobias Harris? And it was like Tobias Harris and it was like four second round picks. It was it was something that was like not even most of the pick, most of the trades are things that like, like basically lose, like we lose on the trade. Like it's not even yeah, like a win. They were thing. all like obvious loses. It's like why would Cleveland even be interested in doing this? And you also just got Imani Bates. Like why do you need to? Like why do we need to? Like let's just add pieces around what we have. Let's not take away what we've already got. Yeah, like I, we talked about Boston maybe breaking up their core a while ago. I mean, Cleveland. I, I think we need to. I think we need to wait it out a little bit more before yeah. we know what we got. So, what do you think about the the Celtics? They got traded away Marcus Smart and they got Porzingis. I think it's the stupidest deal they could have ever done. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not exactly what I would have done. I felt like Marcus Smart was a solid, uh, He's solid a piece. role player. He's your yeah, piece in that. Yeah, Porzingis. Porzingis we never know about his health, but when healthy, way better option on as a big That's than true. Al Horford. <laughs> I think anything's better than Al Horford. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Victor Oladipo going back to uh, Oklahoma City? He spent a couple seasons in Oklahoma City. What do you think about him getting traded back to Oklahoma City? Do you think he resurrects this career that we thought at one point was going to be tremendous and has kind of fizzled at times? Yeah, Victor Oladipo's kind of had a weird career path, hasn't he? Oh, so weird. So he weird. He becomes an all-star in Indiana on like his third team, and then he gets cocky and leaves for more money, and then he has to like sign a veteran's minimum, I think, with Miami. Yep. Now he's back in Oklahoma City, like yep. the team that he was initially traded from, Orlando, his first team too. So, yeah, and, Oklahoma and, City is interesting, man. They oh, they got a lot really of younger guys. They, they got a lot of draft, a lot of draft picks, picks, I think. And <laughs> Victor... Uh, is I guess their veteran leader now in this yeah. case. I mean, yeah, and you go back to, you know, I think it's cool to see some of these guys go back to their old teams because you have Derrick Rose going to Memphis. He's not his old team, but, you know, he went to college in Memphis. Went to college so at Memphis, so really city. Cool. Um, Dennis Schroeder's going to the Toronto Raptors. Fred Van Vliet signed a $130 million deal. With Averaging $43.3 million a year. That's this, like my favorite contract to just oh, point and laugh at. Just... It, <laughs> And of course, it's the Rockets of all the teams. Of course, it's the Rockets. This is where it also gets fun to compare like NBA role player contracts to superstar quarterback contracts in the NFL. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> it's like it's there, there might be four quarterbacks that make more money than Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> Oh my god, just weird to even say. But you know what's also weird is to see that Josh Richardson is back with the Miami Heat and the fact that they kept Kevin Love, which I think is so funny. Kept <laughs> they, Kevin Love. They Let's kept go. Kevin Love. They kept Kevin Love. And there's obviously some more. I'm not gonna bore everyone with the details because you guys can go look it up yourself. But we wanted to give you like a rundown of what's going on. I know we've been sketchy with the whole NBA. We haven't really talked much about NBA, but um Josh, what what are your thoughts? Obviously, we both hate summer league. We're not going to spend time talking about it because summer league's stupid. It's just glorified scrimmages. Um, where where do you where do you see you know this NBA season? Do you do you feel like the Nuggets are going to just kind of go through it, or do you feel like we're going to see more parity in the NBA this year with teams pretty even across the board? I, th- I think if a couple balls bounce a little bit different, we could have a, a completely different result. It's like I'm not I'm not yeah. going to count Milwaukee out just yeah. because they lost in the first round of Miami. It could have been a fluke job. I mean, a lot of the higher seeds in the Western Conference also lost, yeah. and Boston almost completed that comeback against Miami too. So yeah. I, we mentioned that there haven't really been a whole lot of big moves outside of like the Chris Paul trade and the Bradley Beal trades, which There's we don't been a think lot of really small moves. There's been a lot of small yet. moves. A lot of small ones and, and, and Boston, one of, and stuff like that. 
Boston, one of those contenders out in the East, has made a couple small moves. We mentioned Miami, a couple small moves, one of those uh, contenders out in the East. James Harden staying in Philly. Uh, I think that's super important to keep yeah. him with Embiid. So, I, like I said, a couple, a couple guys stay healthy, a couple balls bounce a little bit differently. Like the league could look a lot different next year, even though they're yeah. on paper, it hasn't really been a ton of big changes. Uh, do you, but I, I really do like Denver's chances to run it back again yeah. since they got a lot of their core. And they brought, they brought everyone contract. back. They basically brought everyone back. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have like the whole roster. Yeah. The, the biggest key for them this this year was having uh, the supporting cast around uh, Jokic perform. Guys like Gordon uh, balling out and playing good defense and Jamal Murray balling out and being a great, uh, great number two alongside Jokic. So my question is, have the Cavaliers done enough in your eyes to put them past where they were last year? Or do you feel like they're about the same or maybe even a slight step back? So I thought last year they should have won the first round against I agree. the Knicks. And they didn't. Yeah. I'm still going to say going into this next season, they can win a first round series. I don't know if they can make a conference finals yet, though. Yeah. I still you, think that Milwaukee, the... I still think that Boston, and I'm going to say Philly and Miami got better rosters overall right now. Do you feel like the moves that they've done in the offseason, should they have went more bold this offseason, or do you feel like they've added the piece that they need to in order to keep it intact of what's been going on? I, I think you still got to let the younger core gel and develop. Just make some of the small moves, like we said, like helping out with wing Karis play. LeVert, bring Karis LeVert back was huge as well. Yeah, I, I don't think we needed to make any splash trade where we send, for example, like, Darius Garland and Jared Allen, yeah. a lot of picks to go and maybe bring in a like a superstar yeah. player to fill in or whatever. I, I think that Garland and Allen could be all-stars. Well, they, they said a rumor about Damian Lillard coming to Cleveland. I'm like, please no. Like, let's just, let's just keep what we got. Let's just, yeah. Like, let's just the, keep the, what we got. The quote unquote big three of Allen, Mitchell and Garland, I think is pretty solid. And again, and I we would gotta, like to we gotta use together. we gotta use Mitchell as long as we can because let's be honest, he wants to go back to New York. It's 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 obvious he's gonna go back to New York at some point in his career. You gotta use him in this window that you have, unless you and, can And it's up. not much longer, so I guess let's three flip it around ahead. and say three is ahead. the window short and you need to win while you have Mitchell exactly. here. Because this is the thing. I think Garland's going to be here long-term. I think Mobley will be here long-term. Allen, at least for now, will be here for long-term. question is, can you win while you have... Because it's going to be very hard to rope someone to come up to Cleveland, unless that's LeBron at the end of his career, but who wants a 45-year-old LeBron? Um, but at the end of the day... That it's always is, tough to get names yeah, in Cleveland. It's true. But, um, yeah, so that's NBA talk. Josh, do we have any other topics, or we should we go into our our lovely top five for the week, which I think had a little more spin than usual on it. I'll just add one more note on the NBA. Yes. Since none of us really care about Summer League and seeing Chet Holmgren make his debut or what Wemby is going to look yes. like against all these guys that are going to get cut eventually anyways. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The, the, the possible, the punishment, the testing out of the punishment for flops, I think, is going to be interesting to see. Kind of like how like robot umpires in like minor league baseball have been tested and they tested the yeah. pitch clock in the minors first. The flopping thing was seen it yeah. seen if it really stops the problem of flopping. It's not going to. It's not I don't think it will either. I wonder how they're gonna enforce that and if they're gonna like do replays or but see this is the once thing once they call it, it's that what if a guy actually gets hit but it looks like a flop? That's the thing. Yeah. Like what if a dude actually gets hit but it looks like he flops but he legit will these is be a general reviewable? reaction. Yeah like it was a general reaction. Plays, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I got hit in the and then how often can you review a flop call, you know? Exactly. Like they don't review fouls, this so if we're going to call a flop a foul. This is why I go back to if the if if baseball ever goes to a, a freaking robot umpire, it's going to lose everything I got to the game. Like I'm just going to be so like demoralized, to be honest with you. you got to let some human error. That's part of the game of sports. Trust it me. Is. Trust me. Josh, I coach football in Europe. Do you know how you think the refs are bad in America? You should come over here. I mean, we... I. It's mind-boggling. A dude will be held right in front of a ref. Like, I'm talking two feet. And the guy would be like, there was no hold. And I'm like, excuse me? The man's jersey is ripped across his chest. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not not trying to argue. I'm just saying that there's Well, that's because he flexed, Ben, and it ripped his jersey. Right. Yes. Have you seen Have you seen uh, European dudes in Eastern Europe? Do you think they're ripped that way? Yeah, no, they're not. Um, Never seen a European soccer game? They're all jacked, Ben. Yeah, well, that's because they all freaking drink egg yolks for for freaking breakfast um but anyways right. we're gonna move top into five, our though. top five so josh do you want to introduce what our top five is or shall i yeah we're kind of leaving the sports scene a little we bit are. here with this one we and we're talking about uh 
top five things about 4th of July or things to yes. do on 4th of July yes. or what makes a great 4th of July celebration. Exactly. Celebrate so, America. America. I'm curious to see if we're going to have any commonalities in this we, one. There, we there's did. not a ton of things like, and there's going to be like a couple like obvious ones. So here this is the thing that you got to include. Let's put in premise here. I'm from the middle of nowhere, Ohio. You're kind of are as well, but you're you're more of a city guy than I am, though. Like I'm more of like the country. Grew up hick. in the city limits. Yeah, yeah. I'm the country hick guy. Like I'm the guy that we went out. To you can do a lot more things than I could. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's true. So. So do you want to start, Josh? What is your? Do you, any I'll start off mentions? with my. What's that? Any honorable mentions or straight into the top five? Uh, no. I mean, I th- I think my top five is pretty cut and dry, and I think okay. it's far and away. Like, there's there wasn't really anything else that I debated. Okay. It was just how am I going to rank these five? So we're gonna start off with five, and this is right. some child nostalgia right here, since I really don't use these anymore, and that's sparklers, dude. <laughs> Dude. Sparklers number five. As a kid, like there really were only two days a year that you could do sparklers. Uh, and being able to hold a stick that was kind of on fire and like wave <laughs> it around and like write your name in the air and make shapes with it. Take that pictures was, when you write the name yes. here, you take a picture and it shows your name. Yes. Number five, uh simply because I don't do sparklers anymore. That I'm you don't do sparklies? You don't do sparklers at twenty seven? I don't. Not anymore. But it was a big enough childhood like- memory and thing that it's gotta be included. See, I feel like the the crane and company would make probably make a joke, but like I feel like twenty seven year olds with sparklers is just in the wrong demographic. Dude, twenty seven walking around bunch of kids with sparklers is probably not a, <laughs> not a not a good combination um but i'm actually going to agree with you at number five i actually thought of this really early this mm. morning sparklers for me too man like sparklers was one of those things where like did you ever do like the whole like six of them at once and you light them all at once maybe i'm uh-huh. just crazy um but i remember like me and my buddies we would get like you know you get two in each hand and then you would you do that i mom and i know you're listening i, I probably don't realize i did this because Definitely didn't do it in front of you. Um, but uh yeah, I love sparklers and it was fun to like you you let it burn all the way down, right? It would just like stop and it just goes out. Like the, there was no like let but the thing was it was fun was like when you're watching the fireworks, usually at like near where we're at, is people just throw them in the ground thinking it would catch the fi- stuff on fire. I'm like, guys, it's not that powerful, guys. It's just it's just a few sparks. It's like it's that. not like a cigarette where it's like, yeah. is it out all the way? It's like, no, it's out and it's not it's, catching it's fire dead. anymore. Yeah. I don't it's, even think you could relight it. No, if you can't. You to. I think it's like the liquid that they put on it or whatever it is. Mm. That is number five for me. Number five. Should I go should I go four? Should I go four? Continue with four, Ben. All right. Four for me. Uh I feel like I never did this too much, even though I am from like Hick area and like, you know, countryside, you know, craziness. Um, I never did this, but a lot of people would go watch fireworks. They would have the smoke bombs. Like, did you ever see those when you went to watch fireworks that people just have these colored smoke bombs that they would just light? And then the, the never participated would... or been in an area of people okay. participating. So but anyways, that for me is number four, not because I've done it, because I just think it's so fascinating to Fourth of July. Like, it's literally just the only time you ever see a bunch of people with like colored smoke bombs, which I don't even know is illegal anymore. I don't even know. But when I was a kid, that was a that was a huge thing, putting smoke bombs and coloring the whole area. My mom hated it, and I think my dad did too. I don't know. But anyways, that's for me, number four. All right. My number four, I'm going to go with pools. Mm. Typically, July, the whole month, super hot. If you're spending your 4th of July uh, picnic, barbecue, whatever, it's most likely outside, If you're having, especially if you're having people over. And if you have the opportunity to cool off for like an hour or two in the pool, it's it's awesome. So you're, you're playing, you know, you're playing hard whatever outside as a kid or even as an adult you're outside you're just sweating because of how out of shape you are now like 90 degrees is it's going to get to you so if you can if you can take a dip you know in the pool cool off a little bit like the person has an in-ground pool above-ground pool whatever um that that's a nice addition and makes a much better location for a party so i will say this i i was never a pool guy growing up my brother and i really weren't pool guys so for me i'm going to put in this position is kind of some similar of like you doing with people when you're on fourth of july is i'd say baseball or like throwing a type of sports ball right okay. football baseball because i remember we go watch the fireworks because of course my parents wanted to show up super early you know obviously like two hours before the fireworks even start because that's just a normal thing we do and um 
it would literally just my brother and I would throw the baseball for like an hour, right? You throw baseball, you might have a little wiffle ball game, right? Like a small wiffle ball game. Um, I remember even board games became a thing we'd go watch. I don't know why. <laughs> just bring <laughs> board games. Um, but really, I I like I remember always having a football or a baseball if we were near a basketball court, grabbing a basketball. Um I don't know. I just think for me, that's nostalgia as well. Like I, I ever, even yesterday, as I was thinking about July 4th, we're recording this on July 5th. Even as I was thinking about this, it, that's all that came to mind was playing baseball, throwing the ball around, playing with a ball. So for me, that is number three for me. Number three for me is kind of along those lines. I threw yard games in here. Oh, that's a good which one. Which I was, yeah, I, I was thinking more along the lines of like I was saying, I was playing Billy Golf, some cornhole and spike ball the other day. But I suppose flashing back, like I can remember kickball and wiffle ball, yeah, being included as well with uh, other kids that would come over that were in the neighborhood. So I'll I'll throw a, a blanket yard games out there and include all those games that you could play in the yard. What about number two for you? Number two for you, what, what do you got? Number two. Number two. This, this is tough. One and two for me was extremely hard. I, f- I feel like we might have the same one, too, and it's just which one is which most position important. Yeah, so two for me is grilled meats, make the 4th of July picnic, your burgers, your hot dogs, your brats. Tofu burgers? All on the grill. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but meat on the grill, number two for me. I'm going to agree with you, man. Like, I think two, this was hard because I think if you're an American and you don't have this in your top two of this list, one, you're either a vegetarian or a vegan, which, okay, do your thing. Um, yeah, or whatever. Um, but also, you're nuts if you don't have this in your top two because I think July 4th is just, if you talk to anybody that's from America, if you say July 4th, what do they say? Barbecue grilling food but i think on top of just the grilled meats i think just in general the barbecue set center right having you know chips right potato chips right having potato chips having some having some good like veggies when it comes to like carrots or celery or those kind of things that goes with it and then obviously the dessert having good desserts whether that's ice cream whether that's you know we had some homemade apple pie and homemade vanilla ice cream yesterday See, that's what I'm saying. Awesome. So to me, I think the barbecue in general, I agree with you on the meats, but I'm going to add to it and say the barbecue. Yes, the side dishes yeah. that, that I also participated the chili, in included the chili, the potato beans. salad and baked beans and okay, can macaroni we first say that? Hold and up, cheese hold up. and can we, mixed fruit. Can we Go first talk about potato salad? I've never understood potato salad. I've, I've, I've tried. I've tried for years. I just can't get my head around potato salad. It's the texture or something. I don't know. I can't do potato salad. I can't. Do you can't. enjoy macaroni salad? Not really. I don't enjoy things that I feel like should be cooked, not like served like lukewarm or cold. What about pasta salad? So same Again, thing. Again, awful. Can't stand it. I don't it. really know the difference. I think it's just the, the type of noodle you use is different. Yeah, it's just I don't like those. Yeah, man. macaroni salad and pasta salad. I've never just, really oh. been a fan of the flavor, but potato salad, if you make it with like the right mustard or whatever, it's I think it's oh. pretty solid. I'll, I'll take beans and freaking a lot of beans over that any day. I'll, Fair enough. I'll take that. And, and I'll, I'll say this too. Like I'm, I'm picking like three or four things before I put potato salad on my true. plate. It's just like if I there's agree. room, I'll put it on. But it's like, you know, it's like when you go to a church potluck and there's like that person that always brings the casserole that everyone hates and it's just everyone passes it and it just sits in the middle and it just never gets touched. But then you feel bad. So you, someone has to take a piece because then it's just awkward. But there's always that casserole. What's that? It's usually green bean casseroles, always at every potluck and K- KFC. See, I know a lot of people that love green bean casseroles at Thanksgiving oh. dish. Oh. I don't oh. like it. It's just no. The green bean Sorry. casserole seems like like um like a hospital overhyped. Food. It's like hospital a hospital. A hospital. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to I think it's that overrated likes. for sure. Well, everyone likes it. I'm sorry. I apologize. But the barbecue slash grilled meats, yes. The the food that you eat on Fourth of July. All right. Should we say number one together? Should we say it? We don't normally do this. Should we do it? You know what? I don't even think we need to say number one because everyone already knows it. That's the end of the list, guys. Number one is you know it. (laughs) Here we go. I'll I'll count of three. Here we go. Three, two, one. Fireworks. Fireworks. Yep. Yeah, buddy. 
And and listen, I want to clarify mine. I'm talking about, yes, watching fireworks. I'm talking about the hillbillies that I live around that launch fireworks, not straight up in the air, but for some reason they go into side of buildings or I've seen the videos of people in my area that shoot them under their car and then they get mad because their car got Or at, at you. Or at me, yes, or <laughs> at me. Um, I think it fireworks is the one of the most unique things. Like I said earlier in the early in the podcast, I said, yeah, hungry does do fireworks. And and people were like, oh, this has been amazing. Last year was the last year was the most they ever did in Budapest. It was like a ton of money. They spent a ton of money on fireworks. I'm looking at it like, yeah, that's still that's about half of what we do. And yeah, that ain't it. <laughs> and we're talking about like and people don't realize like Fourth of July is celebrated all over the US. So you're talking millions and millions of fireworks that go off in every major city in the U.S. Um, unless the you're in, unless, unless you're in California, where it's more of a never mind. Um, uh, I'm not going to finish that joke. Um, sorry, we just have to be beware of like doing it at the White House. You know, our president might trip or something, and it, it's it's a long story. Um, I'm just hitting the political jokes today. Uh, but yeah, in general, I feel like it, it it is Fourth of July to have fireworks, and if anybody put that at their top two, even either the top one, that you're just you're insane. You're you're literally insane. Anything it's America's birthday. It Anything needs fireworks. Add. We don't launch fireworks on my birthday. We don't launch fireworks on your birthday. But for the country, absolutely, absolutely. What what country? I mean, I mean, this is the thing. I do want to say this. We don't normally get political on here, and I'm not trying to get too political here. But it's funny, Josh, how the people that hate our country that are Americans, they never want to leave, but they will celebrate Fourth of July. It just cracks me up, doesn't it? Doesn't it crack you up a little bit? I'm just saying I'm not trying to get yeah. too political. It just, it's I mean, when, when, a certain, me. when a certain president was elected in 2016, how many people said they were moving to Canada? Oh, what? Oh, did that? oh didn't happen. Yep, they're all still here. It is fascinating because you know what? And I will say this, we'll finish the show on this, that America truly is the greatest country on the earth. And the democracy that lives in America, no matter how much you're frustrated with it, I think Josh and I at times are frustrated. You know, everyone's frustrated at times. I do want to say, and and from both of us, is that, hey, we are proud to be Americans, right? And in the good and the bad, whether that's it's terrible or it's great, whoever's leading our country, like we still believe in what America stands for. I'm living in another country right now. And I can tell you this, that I've been seeing other countries around here, man. And we are very blessed to be American. And I hope everyone out there understands that. I hope you've had a great 4th of July. I hope you've enjoyed this time of spending time with family and friends. I mean, how many people get to, to get to say, Hey, in the middle of the week, I get to take a day off of work. <laughs> Not many to celebrate a birthday of, of America. Um, so yeah, it's truly awesome. Uh, I know Josh, you probably ditto what I just said, but uh, um, yep, facts, facts, facts are always going to win. Uh, let's just say that. Um, so we hope you we we're going to continue praying for America. We hope you pray for America. Hope that God continues to bless America. Um, but if you've enjoyed watching this episode of the podcast, go ahead and click that thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell on YouTube. We have a bunch of other episodes that are that are um, that are out, um, and as the end of the summer it gets a little weird here with me going to the states and there's a lot of other things going on i've been working behind the scenes to get some things somewhat updated so that way we can post them as i'm away and you will have some type of content it might just be re recaps of certain things especially like maybe top fives and things like that but that is happening behind the scenes and hopefully it'll be done at some point but Outside of that, if you've also enjoyed Spotify, uh, listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you favorite us. Make sure you share it, the link with friends and family. It is much appreciated. Um, and I know Josh and I both hope you have a great weekend. Uh, hope you guys have a great uh, start of your July. Um, before you know it, it's going to be Christmas. It's weird to say, but before I know it, it's going to be here. It's going to be cold and everything. But college football is coming soon, Josh. So is the NFL. It's going to be a a hyped year for the baseline podcast. So hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend and until next time, we'll see ya.